0: Welcome back to Cod Talk Radio by Rashpixel.fm, the podcast that shows do-gooders, nonprofits, and businesses how to build win-win partnerships that raise money and change the world. This podcast is brought to you by Engage for Good and Selfish Giving. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at EngageForgood.com and SelfishGiving.com. Now, on to today's episode.
1: Hey everyone, it's Joe Waters. I want to welcome you to another exciting episode of Cause Talk Radio. And on the line with me, of course, is Megan Strand. Hey, Megan. Hello. How are you? I'm excellent. How are you? I'm excellent. You know why? Because we have another day of Cause Talk Radio. I get to talk to you, and we have an awesome guest. On the line with us now. Now listen to this, Megan, because this is something a little bit different than what we usually talk about. We have Laura Swap, who is the director of next gen marketing at REI, and she is talking about this new campaign called Force of Nature. And this is really interesting. And Laura, I'll let you go into this in a little bit more detail. But I love how Force of Nature is a it's about a total disruption of this. The, kind of the male imagery, the heroes, the stories that we uh, generally associate with the outdoors, and it seeks to reclaim the outdoors for women. Laura, how empowering is that?
2: Oh my god, it's so exciting to <laughs> hear you uh,
1: describe it. I wondering
2: if I can get them to change my title to Director of Total Disruption.
1: I love that. I love that. Fun. I love. I would love to be. Yeah, Laura Swap, disruptor. I like that, yeah. you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> you know, and then you could just go by Laura, of course, you know, or disruptor, <laughs> one or the other. But hey, Laura, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show to tell us about this program. It really sounds fabulous. Could you stop by taking a minute just to explain the Force of Nature and what it's all about?
2: I will. Thank you, and thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be. Oh, here our and, pleasure. Um, have a chance to talk about this today. Um, force of Nature is really a holistic effort. Um, as you indicated, to disrupt the idea that the outdoors is predominantly constructed by and for men. And the way we talk about it is we really are trying to actualize the outdoors as the world's largest level playing field. So, of course, what we know about the outdoors is that in its very existence, it's not a constructed thing. And as a natural space, it's a space really for all humans. And that these weird gender inequities have been created through time. And we know if they've been created, we can unpeel them. Um, And so we've set about to do that. And there's really four components, which I'll just quickly tick off. And we can go into more detail if you're interested. But changing the narrative, which you've mentioned, um, really dominates what we're doing. Closing the gear gap, where gear really leans more toward men. Um, Creating community through events and experiences for women. And then investing in more opportunities for women and girls. And collectively, we think that's the work it's going to take to get this thing um, more equalized.
0: This is such a comprehensive campaign, and it's so exciting. And it's so awesome to have two women on the phone talking to Joe, the man, about this campaign as well. But (laughs) can you talk a little bit about, Laura, why REI decided to undertake this initiative in the first place? Like, what was happening, you know, in meetings for you guys to be like, hey, we need to take a look at this. This is serious. This is an issue where we can play our leadership role. Like, what were those conversations?
2: Yeah, um, I'm going to roll back a little bit and just say that REI has a pretty long legacy of women's leadership. So we were co-founded by a husband-wife team in 1938, mm-hmm. uh, Marion Lloyd. And so we had a woman from the beginning, and we think that kind of, um, that sets the stage for something pretty unique. And then, of course, we had Sally Jewell, uh, who was the CEO and went on to work for Obama, Really strong internal women leaders. And in 2015, we took that stance around women's leadership to the outdoor industry, where our now CEO issued a challenge to the industry around women's leadership. And at that time, we also granted a um, million and a half dollar grant to this organization called Canberra Outdoors, and Camber focuses on women's leadership. So sort of that's the early, early 2015, we're putting a stake in the ground around women's leadership in the outdoor industry, and came back and said, you know, what as a co-op could we do to create the most um, kind of gender equitable place that we can imagine in the outdoor? And that set about a journey of such point across the co-op, from gear to experiences to the people that we hire um, and promote. And about a year into that, we thought, you know, we think we have a conversation that's going to be stronger if we share it with the rest of the world, uh, and that if we want to change some of these things um, for the outdoor industry, we can't do it alone. So really it grew out of a commitment to women's leadership and a holistic look at our business. And, you know, in the outdoor industry, we we feel like we're stronger together. So that's how it it came to live outside.
1: Yeah, and I mean, this is a really big idea. And, you know, one of the things I think is interesting, and Megan was pointing out, to me before the call is that this just isn't about gender issues. You're also taking on issues around race, size, you know, talk about your approach with those issues. Like how are you trying to incorporate those in an inclusive way?
2: Yeah. Thanks for noticing that. I mean, I think the incredible opportunity when you're talking about women is you do have this opportunity around intersectionality, right? So women aren't a monolith and that means that Women represent all gender expressions. They represent different sexual orientation, age and race, um, the full gamut. And so when we decided that we were going to create counter narratives and start undoing stereotypes, we were really purposeful that we weren't going to feed into other stereotypes. And what I mean by that is that means like not only like thin, super fit white women recreate outdoors. So we didn't want to undo some and recreate others and and so we were very purposeful about saying we're going to show women in their full expression and that necessarily means we're going to push into some of these other areas of difference that we think is pretty exciting and created nice texture.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, think about it too, uh, Megan and Laura, like what's the traditional image? Like I almost thought too, Laura, when I went to the site, it'd be kind of that, you know, that you go to the site and it's like this woman who's like really, you know, muscular and she's climbing up a cliff with, you know, no (laughs) ropes and stuff like that. And it's and it's not like that at all. I mean, you took like the alter ego to something like that
2: you know, as, as you mentioned, if you dig in, you see a lot of women who counter that stereotype that you just described. And we really see the outdoors as this place that kind of liberates and unites women, mm-hmm. doesn't confine them by like some unique stereotype.
0: Well, and one thing you're doing to kind of well, I guess one thing you're doing is telling stories, which is always important. Um, And it kind of, this is Joe's favorite topic, but Mm. you're really leveraging content marketing in this campaign to share those stories. And you're partnering with Outside Magazine to do some really cool stuff. And you're working on a film festival. Can you talk about why that's important in this initiative?
2: Yeah, I think I have to say that the content piece and the storytelling piece has been my, um, personally, my most favorite component of of this whole effort. Uh, the Outside Magazine piece is was a partnership that, that really was triggered around their 40th anniversary issue where mm. we did a takeover and that really was the pre-launch to our campaign featuring only women. And this is something that Outside Magazine had tried to do for a long time but couldn't get enough people on board, enough advertisers and partners willing to do it. And we said, look, we'll do this with you and like how about we go at it together? And that's really talking directly to the core outdoor customer. And it just featured amazing women across the spectrum of outdoors. But it was also partnered with, as you mentioned, um, a podcast partnership. And then we've done incredible storytelling um, internally. This film series that you mentioned, our co-op journal, content partnerships with incredible women contributors. And stories are just a way to amplify and to get beyond the audiences that we would normally reach. And so we we made a determination that we wanted to reach a younger, um, more racially diverse audience than we ever have before, and that content was going to be a really important way to do that. So we just see amplification and um, really recreation happening in that space.
1: Hey, Megan, before we move on to our next question, let's recognize today's show sponsor, Catalyst. Catalyst is the industry's only matchmaking platform for companies and causes. Think of them like an online dating app for social good. At Catalyst, you can research companies, their customers, and the types of partnerships that they're looking for. Then you can actually connect with those companies. You can now try it out for free and find out which companies are right for your organization. Email members at gocatalyst.com. Again, members at gocatalyst.com with the code Podcast 17. Again, that's Podcast 17 to try out Catalyst for 14 days for free. Thank you, Catalyst, for sponsoring Cause Talk Radio. You know, one of the things I was curious, Laura, on the content perspective is what really makes something content marketing for me is that you, it, you that you are really trying to collect a subscribable audience. Are you trying to build a base of subscribers to a program like this? Or is a lot of the content marketing really top of the funnel stuff in terms of real brand awareness instead?
2: I think it's an and. I mean, I think most of it is top of the funnel. It's, it's about awareness and engagement. Um you know, at first blush and intercepting people in conversations that would be unexpected to them. So the ability to talk to audiences, an example, who have demonstrated interest in their social consumption around maybe women's empowerment, Mm -hmm. and then we introduce the outdoors as a character in that. At the same time, you know, we do have a YouTube channel and we have channels where we tell stories and we're always trying to build that base because we think we have incredible stories to tell. So I think it's an and for
1: us. You're also working to create a community of around this. And I mean, you know, the really kind of the 1,000 events you're doing uh, to get women outside. You know, how does this differ from REI events in the past, like the way you've kind of approached things?
2: Yeah, REI has always been a convener. And so one of the things that we do as a co-op, we've got 16 million members, is gather people. And we have, you know, kind of outdoor school and events and programming is one of them. Um, but what we heard, we did this large national study around um, women and their relationship to the outdoors. And what we heard is that they really want and are looking for other women to recreate with. They're looking to create community around this thing that they love through the outdoors. So we decided to test our way into um, classes and experiences and travel designed for women. And that really took off like wildfire. So even though we went out with a message of 1000 um, events and experiences were now well over 2,000 just for the second part of 2017. Wow. Um, we've got a wait list of more than 13,000 women. And so we really wow. hit a nerve for women who are saying, yeah. And the way that it's different is that one, um, Typically, these are only women when you sign up for something designed by women. Although we would never turn a man away from a class, and that's oh
1: good. Um, <laughs> I think that's. Yeah. I think she so, just to- threw out a total so, bone for me, don't you think, Megan? Like, she did. You know?
2: She wants to join us on a women's mountain biking
1: class. Tell me <laughs> He'd love there. it. Um, <laughs>
2: but it's. We also really try and match with women instructors, and we have incredible instructors or women hosts if it's an event that REI is doing to really kind of come full circle on that community. And that's the way that it's different. And we continue to offer all of our co-ed experiences as well. Um, and, you know, and then there are things like Tessa, which are, is our three-day women's retreat. I'm just back from when myself in New Hampshire it was beautiful. And that's like a combination of skill building and really deep conversation and a lot of wine drinking. And so <laughs> what's is that we're trying to meet the needs of women, um, with the kinds of things they told us they want to do around the outdoors. And um, we think we can do that in a pretty unique way. And they're really, um, it's incredible to participate in any one of these things.
0: Sounds like you found a real niche and a real need in the community. Definitely
1: a need. I think what I love about this, too, is, I mean, so often when we think of women's events, they've been associated with, like, walks and runs and, you know, and things like that. And, you know, this is something that I think is a lot more in-depth and a lot more gritty. You know what I mean? And, uh, and you know, it really captures kind of that reclaiming spirit that you have with the program.
2: Yeah, there's some real fun in the tanks that happens when you're, you know— um, maybe doing something for the first time, like learning to ride a mountain bike, or you're going from level two to advanced in rock climbing. And we, you know, we meet women kind of where they are. So we have some women who are really advanced, but they're just looking for a community of women to do that activity with and other women who've never done it. And so I think addressing the progression and the sense of community, um, the the support and encouragement is pretty special. It's pretty unique. And I've done both um you know the single-sex classes and the co-ed classes, and they just have a different feel. And I think they fill different needs, and people want different things at different times. But definitely, um, dirty, sweaty, happy—like <laughs>
0: you
2: know, that's how we get down.
1: That's right.
0: I want to talk a little bit about the gear gap. You mentioned it as one of your pillars of this program. Um, this well, it's kind of a big deal. Like you mentioned it is like, yeah, we're gonna make gear for people of all sizes and um really kind of fit the needs of of all outdoor enthusiasts. But I mean, that's a huge undertaking to work with vendors, to change clothing lines and to expand sizing. And can you talk a little bit about that? and, what those conversations were like with vendors, like how much evangelizing did you, did you have to do with those vendors to kind of get them on board, to show them that there is a market there and that it is in their best interest to, you know, make that investment. What I, what I would assume is a large initial investment.
2: Uh, Vendors have been very receptive and I think it's also a work in progress. So it's probably about a dozen years ago that REI um, led the way with vendors to say, just make women's gear, period. Like, yeah. it used to yeah. be actually relatively little, and vendors really came along that journey. So, I think we built a little bit of muscle with vendors that when we say we think there's an opportunity that's missed. Um, I will say, though we anticipated it, we were surprised by the volume around um, sizing, and it really has become um, kind of the, the, strongest pain point and created um, an expedited sense of urgency with our own private brands and with vendors to create more sizes. And so, you know, the majority of women in the United States are above a size 16, and many of them are active, and it's just been, it, it, we heard loud and clear from this audience. And so we're really working um to try and meet that quickly. It's interesting in the outdoor industry because we have these longer timelines because of the technical um, nature of the materials that we use. So we're trying to respond um, as quickly as we can, also recognizing it won't be fast enough. Um, But we've got some great brands like Prada and Cool, um, our own private label
1: coming along
2: in the journey very quickly, and others who are slated for next year to bring more um, offerings
1: well you know Laura I That's mean really where we're focused it's going to be kind of interesting and exciting for them too because I'm sure they get it too right that they see the opportunity here in terms of tapping into a much larger audience and you know it's almost like something they were just waiting for something like this to come along to position that so they could create things around it you know so I mean I you know I definitely see it as a win-win for everyone
2: yeah, I mean, there's definitely a, a robust market, and I think it's, I think there's a little bit of a surprise how many women came forward um, and declared and claimed their, um, their active lifestyle in the outdoors, and maybe a little bit of naivete that we thought we understood the, the woman consumer, maybe um, in a more narrow view. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's chicken and the egg, right? So if we make it that we're not talking to the full breadth of women, then maybe it doesn't get old. So it's this, you know, how do you make it and then how do you, in a relevant way, um, introduce offerings with, you know, content and influencers and all the things that you would that, that make known you're there for her.
1: Well, you know what you got to do is, Laura, you should just make all this stuff because uh, Megan will buy it all. I mean, you wouldn't have any problem selling <laughs> this stuff. I mean, look, M- Megan's going to have to yeah. take out a lot, another whole mortgage to pay for it all. But I mean, That's she'll true. she'll do it.
2: I'm not mad at her. <laughs> <laughs> She's strategy for Megan. She's
1: coming to me with our private brand, our Megan <laughs> Pants. I love, I, I love Perfect. that. Perfect. I love that. Well, you know
0: that that does entail petite sizes, which is why I do love Prana, because they, they sell sh- people things yes. for shorties like me. <laughs> and
2: next fall, we have a big, well, next fall, we'll have a big push into petite and tall. In spring, <laughs> we'll see a lot more pluses, and then we're going to – and we have a lot more petite and tall coming uh, next fall.
1: All right. I'm signing Excellent. off now.
2: Why are <laughs>
1: you laughing, Joe? For the record. No, because I could just see this whole conversation. You know, you, I mean, Laura's already brought in the element of wine, right? You know what I mean? So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I mean, we all could right, have a so. whole conversation on what this whole line is, and I'll tell you one thing right now: I am not going to let my wife listen to any of this stuff, or <laughs> she will be joining you and getting another mortgage to buy all this stuff.
0: She's, <laughs> She's welcome.
2: Texting me right now, Joe. She's laughing.
1: <laughs> hey, Laura, you uh, you folks have committed a million dollars to support community organizations that you know are already doing great work to create opportunities for women and girls. Can you talk a little bit about uh, what's happening with those funds? Where is it going, and you know what's to come? What can we can expect from from some of those investments?
2: Um, I, I'll start by saying REI invests most of what we make back into communities, um, and. our employees. So about 70% of what we make gets reinvested. And a lot of people don't know that. I think it's worth sharing. This is the first time we've ever carved out specific money that is dedicated to creating opportunities for women and girls. And we did that through an open grant process. We've also never done an open grant process. So we extended as part of force of nature, this open grant process to understand how people want to use the outdoors to create more opportunities for women and girls. We got more than 500 applications. It was really incredible in a short period of time. And we went through every single one and narrowed it down to 26 um, grantees. Now, that has just been issued, you know, in the last couple of months. So we will watch over time. But they really, incredible work. So on the one hand, we have a program which is around, women's gardening in prison Mm -hmm. and has a lot of research attached to the health and well-being and recidivism rates of um, prisons where there's gardening programs Mm -hmm. to um, a boating program in the Bronx where um, that grant will take girls for a year um, onto the water and do everything from the activity of being on the water to studying um, kind of the environmental impact um, and science of the area that they're in in the Bronx. So we just saw wildly creative usages for the outdoors, and that's what we were looking for because, um, you know, we we understand who the players are, and through the REI Foundation, we grant some pretty interesting organizations that um, empower women in the outdoors, and we were looking for some new things. So we will track over time, and we will learn, and we will tell the stories of these 26 incredible organizations. Um, and... Understand how the outdoors can be a conduit really for empowerment for women
0: and girls. Love it. We'll look forward to seeing more uh, of that coming out in the near future. Then
2: a lot of fun. It's, it's a miraculous thing to see the range.
0: Yes. Very cool. Lots of um, creative things being done out there, which is super awesome. And it's awesome that you're able to support those. Um, Can you talk a little bit about, I mean, um, this is all fin- fantastic and fabulous and it's so needed in the industry and it's so great. You're taking a leadership role, but can you talk a little bit about um, some of the challenges you may have ac- encountered along the way, either when you were kind of dreaming this, this initiative up or rolling it out? Have there been any bumps along the way that other people might be able to learn from in your experience?
2: Oh, sure. I mean, nothing worth doing is not without its challenges. Um, I mean, I think the first challenge is to was for us just to develop a unique point of view. So the space around um, women and marketing and samaritizing and brands um, and empowerment is a pretty loud space. And so, you know, there's a challenge just to say, how do we think we can be unique and meaningful and contribute in the space in a way that's really authentic? And that took some work. And, you know, we spent some time doing research and creative landscape kind of work and, talking to women across the country and, um, really taking the time to get it right. Um, of course, there was a challenge that we were planning this, um, you know, in 2016, I'd say early in 2016, our planning cycles are about a year out and the political landscape shifted very dramatically, very quickly. Why? So there you go. So we had a decision to make in the spring, um, like, maybe we thought there would be one kind of context around women in empowerment, and suddenly we were in a different context. And so our voice and our positioning, um, we had to think very carefully about uh, how to be affirmative in this space and um, not to be seen as, you know, riding the ties of a political um, wave that was that was mm-hmm. occurring in the wake of the election. And so uh, that was a challenging moment to, to think about, how we come to market in, in the midst of that, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we did a lot of things that we've never done before. I I have a whole deck on the things that we've done for the first time. And, and whenever you're doing that, um, you know, from like the narrative takeover where we said everything we're going to talk about um, starting in spring 17 is going to be either women only or women forward was a massive undertaking and a lot of internal education and a lot of work to get the stories and the contributors and to really um, reimagine how we talk about our brand, um, you know, so doing things like that for the first time all provided us opportunities to just like build new muscles and sometimes you're sore from that and then mm-hmm. you think you'll also be stronger, so.
1: Yep. Megan, can REI do anything more awesome? I mean, every week they have something new. I know. And it's great. I mean, it's great stuff. Absolutely. And yep. we're going to cover it all
0: on Cause Talk Radio.
1: Absolutely. Hey.
0: <laughs> Yay.
1: Hey, Laura. So, love it. what about the, um, you know, and it sound like there was a lot of support for something like this from employees, and, you know, they're really you know, behind it and stuff like that. But now that this program comes to fruition. What are they really, you know, what are they saying about it now?
2: Uh, the response has been overwhelmingly positive. I mean, I, again, I don't think anything worth doing is without its thumbs. We did a lot of work um, to create space for and camaraderie with men, you know, so we talked a lot about men as allies and we created conversations. I even, um, you know, tried my hand at creating an internal podcast ourselves and talking with men about this. So, wow, um, <laughs> you, you know, yeah, I think it's just like, how do you. You you know, I think men had a question of like, what does it mean for me and how do I participate? Mm. And um, they've been incredible in, that's been a a great learning journey to go together. And, um, you know, it's a thing now that has momentum. I was recently in one of our stores talking to one of our women's store managers and she told me that she and um, nine women went on an overnight backpacking trip just for fun and they had all brought all their force of nature bandanas and they were just feeling like they were living the force, you know? So mm-hmm. it's been adopted in this way. That's cool. We saw another store do a women makers, um, our Berkeley store found women in the San Francisco Bay area. And they had like a women makers fair in the store. Uh, so it's interesting to see how, how stores and groups adopt this and really start to feel ownership over it. Um, so it's been, it's been really fun and something that we think
1: has longevity. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic, huh? You know, we love could it. do we could do their <laughs> inter, we could do their internal podcast, Megan.
2: <laughs> Amen. I love a podcast.
0: <laughs> it's like, fun. Bring it on. Hey, we've
1: it's we're fun. 236 episodes. We know what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, Laura, this has been absolutely phenomenal. Thank you so, so much for coming on and sharing a little bit more about the Force of Nature initiative, and we will definitely look forward to following your journey. If people want to learn more about this initiative online, how might they do that?
2: Um, Yeah, you can go to rei.com backslash force of nature, and then also just check out the hashtag force of nature in Twitter or on Instagram. It's an incredible um, way to just dig in and understand what the conversation looks like.
0: Awesome. And we will include that in our show notes.
1: Joe, how about you? Where can people find you online? Uh, people can find me on Twitter using the hashtag force of nature at Joe Waters. Make sure to visit me there and say hi. Um, make sure to sign up for my newsletter at selfishgiving.com, of course. And make sure to check out all those pins on Pinterest with me and all the other ladies at pinterest.com front slash Joe Waters. What about you, Megan? Where can people find you? Find
0: you. I'm also on Twitter, Twitter at Megan Strand, and I tweet for Engage for Good at Engage for Good, which is where you can also find show notes for today's episode, engageforgood.com as well as selfishgiving.com. And while you're online, please do not forget to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes so that you do not miss an episode. And on behalf of Laura and Joe and myself, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Cause CosTech Radio, and we'll talk to you next time.